0: Welcome to the Redeemer Students Podcast. My name is J.T. Stead, and I'm your host. I'm also the student and outreach pastor here at Redeemer Church, and I'm super excited to continue our series of Theology 101. We're on episode 28. I've been doing this for a long time, and it's been a joy to just study the Westminster Shorter Catechism. This isn't, for those of you that don't know, what the Westminster Shorter Catechism is. It's an ancient Um, Form of teaching. It's a reform catechism. Came out of the Protestant Reformation in the 1500s and 1600s. Specifically, the English Puritans uh, wanted to put together a comprehensive uh, guide to what the Bible teaches. And the way in which they would do that is through catechism, which is an ancient form of teaching. It's ancient, therefore, it's been working. That's why they keep doing it. Uh, And A catechism is question and answer. So um, they ask a question, and then they give an answer according to Scripture. And so that's exactly what I've been doing over the past 27 episodes. I've even gone through some recaps if you want to listen to those recaps before we get to this episode, you can. I encourage you to go back, listen to the whole uh, series on Podbean. I know that you can. Uh, you could look at the menu and you could click on the series, and it puts it all together in one thing. Um, but yeah, so you'll have to you have to go back and look at all of the uh, the episodes. But I'm super excited to continue today. So we just look at the penalty for breaking God's law. We did a whole exposition of the Ten Commandments. We realized that the penalty for breaking God's law, which no one, which everyone does, everyone falls short of the glory of God, and that there are some sins that are by nature uh, more heinous in God's eyes, and that every sin uh, deserves God's wrath and curse, both in this life and the life that is to come. Um, so now we get to question 85, which is about... Escaping God's wrath, okay? Escaping God's wrath. So we're going to look at questions 85 through 87. How is it that sinners can receive salvation? The salvation that we've already walked through, and I'm pretty sure episodes 1 through 10 at least, we went through all the benefits of redemption. We looked at who Jesus was, what he came to do, what he provides, how the Spirit applies God's great salvation to us. And so how is it that those benefits of justification, adoption, sanctification, forgiveness of sins, all of these things, how do they become ours? How do they become sinners' uh, possession? How, How is it that we receive eternal life? Okay, so that's pretty much where we're at. Question 85, what does God require of us that we may escape his wrath and curse due to us for sin? The answer To escape the wrath and curse due to us for sin, God requires of us faith in our Lord Jesus Christ and repentance leading to life, together with the diligent use of all the outward means by which Christ gives us us the benefits of redemption. So in order to escape the wrath of sin, we need faith and repentance. And in that order, Faith and repentance are, they're, they're twin, they're twin graces, um, they're gospel graces. Faith, which we're going to get into, and repentance uh, are, are the conditions by which we see um, uh, put upon the listeners in the gospels and in acts in order to come to Jesus. After Paul's sermon, Uh, Peter's, Peter's sermon in Acts 2 and in Acts 4, I'm pretty sure, and then in Paul's sermons in Acts 13, Acts 17, they will either say, repent and believe the gospel. That's what Jesus said in Mark 115. They'll say, repent and be baptized, or believe and be baptized. Sometimes they'll say, repent and believe. Sometimes it's just believe. Sometimes it's just repentance. Either way, what they're trying to communicate, what all the scripture communicates, is that what is required of us to escape God's wrath is faith in our Lord Jesus Christ and repentance. You can't have one without the other. Okay, you need both. And so where do we get this? Mark 1.15, I already said, Jesus said, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Or Romans 20.21, 20, testifying both to Jews and to Greeks of repentance toward God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. See those two twin graces there. And um, And so the answer says... Um, we re- God requires faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, repentance leading to life together with the diligent use of all outward means by which Christ gives to us the benefits of redemption. What is he talking about? Well, Acts 2.38 explains it. And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for your forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So that when one re- uh, uh, trusts in Jesus Christ and turns from their sin... Um, they receive the outward means, uh, they make diligent use of the outward means by which Christ gives to us the benefits of redemption. One of those benefits is the gift of the Holy Spirit, um, is to partake in baptism in the Lord's Supper. Um, Colossians 3.16, Let the word of God dwell richly in you. It's through the word of God that faith comes. Faith comes by hearing, which we're about to get into. Um, so let the word of God dwell richly in you, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs um, with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So we see the twin graces now of faith and repentance. But what are those things? Okay, what let, Let's break down faith and repentance. Question 86. What is faith in Jesus Christ? Answer. Faith in Jesus Christ is a saving grace. It's a saving grace. That's point number one. Faith in Jesus Christ is a saving grace by which we receive and rest upon him, Jesus alone, for salvation as he is freely offered to us in the gospel. The first thing we have to understand is that faith, true saving faith, is a gift from God. It's a saving grace. It's not inherently in us. A dead sinner cannot believe because faith is a gift. Okay, It's a gift from God. It has to be given by the Holy Spirit. And we learn from Romans 10 that faith comes by hearing the word of God. And so the means by which God gives us faith is through the hearing of God's word and the Holy Spirit. Okay, so faith in Jesus Christ is a saving grace. Ephesians 2.8, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It is a gift of God. Romans 4.16, that's why it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace. 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 And so faith is a saving grace. Now, what does faith do? It says, by which we receive and rest upon him alone for salvation as he is freely offered to us in the gospel. So the two words that are really important are the words receive and rest. Okay. Faith is not a blind leap in the dark. Okay. It's, it's, it's receiving and resting upon an object. It's receiving an object, Jesus Christ. It's resting upon an object, Jesus Christ. So it's not a blind leap in the faith. There's content that is involved in our faith, and that content, the substance, uh, the thing in which we are trusting in, receiving, and resting alone, the object of our faith is Jesus Christ. Okay, so it's not a blind leap in the dark. Faith is not our faithfulness, okay? So faith, it's a saving grace by which we receive and rest there's there's nothing active in that there's it's not good works in that it's it's the a faith is the open hand of a beggar that receives the bread faith is is like the is the bed right in which when we're tired we're tired of living and trying in our own strength to to earn salvation but we rest all of our weight upon that bed we rest alone uh, on that bed, and that's the idea of Christ is whom we place our rest. It's in, it's He who we receive, and it's a, and, and Jesus Christ is freely offered in the gospel, Galatians 2, 15, We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. Not faithfulness, not through a. Uh, blind leap. No, faith always has an object. And that object is the person and work of Jesus Christ. Okay? So that's what faith is. Faith is not faithfulness. It's not a leap in the dark. Okay? It's not a feeling. Faith is a saving grace by which we receive and rest upon him alone for salvation. Jesus Christ. Okay? Now, that's the first grace. Now let's look at the twin grace of faith, and that is repentance. Repentance. Question 87, what is repentance leading to life or unto life? What is repentance unto life? Answer, repentance leading to life is a saving grace. It's a saving grace by which a sinner, having truly realized his sin and grasped the mercy of God in Christ, turns from his sin with grief and hatred and turns to God with full resolve and effort after new obedience. Okay, so first thing is that repentance, like faith, is given by God. Acts 11:18. 18. When they heard these things, they fell silent and they glorified God, saying, Then to the Gentiles also God has granted repentance that leads to life. It is God who grants, who gives Repentance. You know, like some of you college students, maybe if you're listening, um, you need extra funds to go to college, and so maybe you apply for a grant, okay? And maybe you have to fill something out in order to get that grant, but this kind of grant here in Scripture is one that is based on nothing in you. It's freely given. It's a grace of God, and so that's repentance is not mustered up in you like the Roman Catholics would say that you need to do penance in order to receive life. You need to be penitent, and then you'll receive life repentance is a gift of god's holy spirit Um, it's a saving grace now what does it look like it's it's a saving grace by which a sinner having truly realized his sin so true repentance is marked by someone seeing their sin truly realizing their sin number one and grasping the mercy of god in christ if repentance never leads to gra- the grasping of Jesus Christ, the clinging of, to Jesus Christ, the affections, uh, having the affections stirred for Jesus Christ, then we have a problem. I'm going to finish this and then I'll bring it full circle. So they truly realize their sin. They see it. They have a sight of their sin. and They grasp the mercy of God in Christ. Then they turn from their sin with grief and hatred and turn to God with full resolve and effort after new obedience. So the marks of true repentance is there is a sorrow for sin. There is a grief for their sin. Zechariah, I don't think the, the Puritans put this verse down, but I believe it's Zechariah twelve eleven or something like that. It says that they will look upon the one whom they have pierced and they will mourn. They will mourn. Um, Jeremiah 31:18 through 19 I have heard Ephraim grieving. You have disciplined me, and I have been disciplined like a untrained calf. We see Luke 1, 16-17, And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers of the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. So there's not only a grief, but there's a turning to God. There's a turning away from sin to God in true repentance. First Thessalonians 1 Thessalonians 1.9 states, For they themselves report concerning us the kind of re- reception that they had among you, and how you turn to God from idols. That's what repentance is. It's, turn, it's a turning away from idols to God. So in tr- the marks of true repentance, there's grief, for sin there's hatred for sin there's a turning to god with full resolve and effort after new obedience we need to bear fruit in keeping with repentance matthew 3 8 says and so repent let's bring this full circle what are the contents the marks of true repentance okay there is a we have to uh it's a saving grace given by god and when that grace enters in our heart we see our sin for what it truly is We then grieve over that sin. There is true godly sorrow, not because we got caught, not because of the consequences, but because of our sin that we have sinned against you and you alone, O God, as David says in Psalm 51. Then there's a hatred for that sin. We hate our sin. We loathe it because it nailed Jesus Christ to the cross. And then because we hate it, we turn to God. Repentance always comes full circle. It realizes your sin. It turns away from sin, but runs to Jesus Christ and grasps the mercy of God in Christ with full resolve and effort after new obedience. That is repentance unto life. I think I mentioned this in a past episode, but I'm reading this book. It's called uh, The Doctrine of Repentance by Thomas Watson. He's a Puritan. And he said that repentance is a gospel medicine. And there is six ingredients to this gospel medicine, and you can't you you have to have all six. The first is that you have to see your sin. The second is you need to be have sorrow for sin. Third, you confess your sin. Three, you feel ashamed of your sin. Four, the, or sorry, four there is shame for sin. Five. There's a hatred for sin. And six, there's a turning from sin to God. There's a clinging to Christ in His mercy. All right, It's not beating yourself up even more. No, it's finding that grace in Jesus Christ. And so we turn from sin believingly, and we grasp Jesus Christ. We receive Christ repentantly. You need both. You need faith, and you need repentance. This is how one escapes the wrath of God for their sin. It's by turning away from sin and repentance and clinging, receiving, and resting your full weight, your whole spiritual life, your whole life, onto and into Jesus Christ, your Savior. Well, I hope this has been an encouraging episode. Praise God for His grace to provide that for us. We do not deserve it. If you want more information about our church, go to RedeemerRockford.Church. We'd love to see you on a Sunday morning, or we'd love to see you on a Wednesday night if you are a student, or if you're a college student, we'd love to see you on a Thursday night. Um, And so all the information is right there on our website, RedeemerRockford.Church. So thank you so much for listening. I hope this episode was encouraging to you. Um, I'm super excited for Christmas coming up, Advent. Hopefully we'll be able to finish this series by the end of the year. And who knows, maybe I'll jump into another series. But thank you so much for listening. You guys have been awesome, awesome. Join us next Saturday for the continuation of this series, Theology 101. Have a good day.